0: Hi everybody, I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Gotta Talk, where it's all about real talk on big topics. I'm Sunny, and I'm so glad you're here today for this solo episode. A little deep dive into the topic of overscheduling our kids. So last week, I hopped on Instagram and, on a whim, started talking about something that I've been actually thinking about for at least a year of my life now, which is how much of my individual brain power is spent organizing and facilitating transportation to and from and paying for and otherwise like partially participating in my kids' activities. My kids' social lives, their sports, their hobbies, their activities, their clubs, um and it came about because i was perusing some emails and going over our calendar while i was waiting in the in the pickup line at school and i thought my god i feel like my parents did none of this growing up and the reason maybe i have been just deeply ruminating on what it is i want to do with my family and the impact i'm having on their sort of psychological health by like catering to their every whim is probably evidence that something isn't right here for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a big, big asterisk at the beginning of this conversation and say that, um, <coughs> excuse me. Ooh, it's the black lung pop. Sorry. I have this upper respiratory infection. Speaking of kids, um, that my, 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 children gave to me and it's just, it's hanging on tight. So if I'm, if I hack here and there, pardon me. Um, so, okay. So, so where to start? Huge asterisk, right? Um, I always like to say this, and it's true. There's no one right way to parent. I'm not saying any of this from a place of judgment. If you feel judged, I don't know, just turn it off because I'm not judging you. (laughs) I'm just sharing my experience, and um, I understand it might not be the same for everyone, but I I do want to talk about this because I find more often than not when you have an honest conversation with other parents about kids' scheduling and kids' activities and how we're balancing it all, which is the biggest, you know, air quote of all. It's just, there is no balance. There's no balance in life. There's especially no balance in life when you have children. And there's especially, especially no balance in life when you have children who are in multiple activities. So whatever. But I feel like the the dominant emotion that's tied to this topic is frustration. Every mom that I've spoken to, and, and dads too, to an extent, although I tend to talk to them a little less about this kind of stuff, is why the hell am I booking our entire family schedule? And that includes, you know, vacations, family events, dinners, things outside of school around my kids' activities and hobbies. Now, I was born in 1981. I grew up, I I guess my my formative years, like teen years as a 90s kid, we weren't quite on the same level of of technology and this constant sort of stream of information that kids are raised in today. So it felt like a smaller world in a lot of ways, right? Like when we were not physically around our friends, we weren't talking to them. We weren't texting them. We weren't Snapchatting them, whatever. You were like where you were. It was easier to live in the present is what I'm trying to say, right? Like there were fewer distractions back then. You could go to school. You did your thing during the day. There was no screen to distract you. There was no social media where you had to worry about the added layers of like, social hierarchy and that awful judgment that girls often pass back and forth between each other it just it just didn't exist so you know i don't want to sound like a luddite or like a back when i was a kid kind of person but you know acknowledging that i'm coming to this topic from like i'm sure you are from a completely different perspective of how we grew up so i'm starting to think back of how i was raised which was from a young age encouraged to just sort of have fun we did cheerleading We did softball and (laughs) t-ball. My banner moment as a t-ball player was being caught picking daisies in right field when a fly ball was coming my way. And it's just, it was not a pretty thing. You know, like childhood Sunny was encouraged to try new things that probably even my parents knew there was no way I would be good at. Like no way whatsoever. And that's the beauty of what we're missing today. So, for example, I would be signed up for T-ball. Why? Because I had an older sister, and my older sister wanted to play T-ball. And you know it was easy to drive two kids to one activity. And this is not to say my parents were lazy, they both worked full-time, but there was an expectation and an understanding that kids were to fit into the schedule of the greater family good and the greater family plans, right? So I went where my sister went in like I honestly, if I were being raised today, I just think about what the conversation would be. It would be like, well, you know, we've watched Sunny and she really lacks these like gross motor skills and she has very little coordination when it comes to like ball-related sports. So, you know, I think for her, we're going to go the individual sports route. Like that's what a parent today would say back then. They were like, (laughs) take right field. No one hits out there anyway. I mean, (coughs) I'm laughing to myself because anyone who knows me growing up who played on any of my, you know, T-ball or softball teams it just knew that I was the one singing in the dugout, like singing show tunes at the dugout and like encouraging people and you know doing cheers on the sidelines. And, like I, I don't know what the sports terminology for it was, but like I didn't go out all the time. Like I was like in the dugout quite a bit. <laughs> anyway, um <coughs> oh my gosh, guys, I'm so sorry. Um anyhow, the point being The way we were raised back then had a lot of merit and value to it. It was a situation where you were told, this is something we're trying, and it may be because your older sibling did it. It may be because your parents wanted you to try it out and be exposed to it, but you were no one was sitting down and analyzing your st- emotional and physical strengths as an eight year old and deciding, hmm, you know what? Mary seems to be really, you know, engaged with activities that like, you know, um, that really stimulate like the right half of her brain. Like, no, it was like, you're, you go play football or go play football. You know, if you're a boy, go play football. Go play T ball. If you hate it, fine. Pick a couple of daisies in right field. We'll snap our fingers when there's something coming out there. And you know what you're going to learn? You're going to learn that you're not good at everything and it's okay to kind of be embarrassed and like do an activity that maybe you're not going to try to pursue a collegiate scholarship for. It was humbling and it was necessary. These days, if I hear one more parent say, well, my kid just really, you know, she, she just really wants to, she really wants this five day a week schedule and she's four years old. You know, she really wants to train for, I don't know, gymnastics. She's four years old, but she's showing like a real propensity for the uneven bars. I'm like, what? She's four. Is this a you thing coming through or is this a child thing coming through? I don't mean to sound judgmental on this at all, because I understand that as parents, it's our job to find the best in our kids, right? It's our job to help them find their strengths and find their passions and find what it is they're good at. But what I'm having a problem sort of internalizing and fully processing is the line of delineation between the child's desire to participate and the parent's desire for their child to participate. And the parent can be motivated on that side of the thi- uh, of things by completely separate factors. A parent can be motivated by the fact that they like that sport or that activity as a child, and they envision their child as a mini form of them, which don't even get me started on the term mini me. It's just blah. Um, your kid's their own person. Like, yeah, they might look like you, they might act like you, but they, you know, that's like, they're a person. Anyway, um, whether it's informed by that or whether it's informed by the parent's desire for the kid to get a scholarship of some sort, or the parent's desire to, um, achieve some sort of, you know, not notoriety, but some sort of renown in the community by showing off their kids skills. I, I think the line is fully, fully blurred now. And, um, What has become really difficult as a parent these days is discerning your boundaries, figuring out when your child expresses an interest in something. Now, one of my kids has already like a true passion for one of her activities. This is not something I um, overly encouraged or said, hey, I really think you would be great at X, Y, Z. And so I'm going to put you in this. It was more sort of informed by, okay, we started these classes because... A friend or two was in them, and she began to love it, and she began to really find a lot of joy and a lot of, um, you know, growth in it. I saw her come out of her shell and be less shy and feel less anxious, and it was really beautiful to see that, but this wasn't me on the sidelines sort of discerning my child's psychological profile, Terminator-style picking what might be best to fit that profile and sort of shoving her in that direction. And so here's what I've been struggling with. And this was this was the heart of the question that I asked last week on social media, which is how do you determine what your boundaries are for your kids' activities? I really am having trouble in formulating a family schedule, putting together a family schedule that respects the fact that our our children are parts of a greater good, i.e. the family, you know, a greater cause, i.e. the family, but also their own individual people. Now, just because of the fact that our parents in generations past really didn't recognize the autonomy of children in the way we do today, they didn't choose schools for them based on their, you know, right or left-brainedness and their ability to put together Legos which in their mind shows like oh this is going to be a future engineer like there was just none of that you at least where I grew up you went to school where there was a school <laughs> I didn't there was it wasn't this glut of options where it was like well you know my child is really showing an interest in stem and he's four or he's five it's just it wasn't like that and um what i found as a child who struggled with shyness and and feeling socially anxious as a young a at a young age and finding my own individual voice was that being forced into situations that didn't cater to my weaknesses made me stronger. It made me more self-reliant, and it made me understand that the world did not revolve around me from a very young age. Not to say that I didn't grow up in a household full of love and affection. And in fact, I feel like our strength as a family was expression of emotion. <laughs> I'm laughing because is expression of emotion like a lot of like yelling and screaming? I mean, I'm kidding. We're just, we've got a wide range of emotion. <laughs> Anyway, so we had a, I had a very supportive family in that way. There were no hiding of feelings. We were encouraged to express ourselves and to share our feelings. But my parents' lives didn't revolve around catering to the future version of me that they believed would come to pass. I think if that were the case, you know, they my dad would have pushed sports more or my mom would have pushed, I don't know. It was just never about what they envisioned for me, nor was it about... Exposing me to as many activities as possible. It was more about what was convenient and allowing a health, me to set my own healthy boundaries within a limited set of options. Today, the options are endless. There are options for schools, will it be public or private? Within the private umbrella, there are options of, well, this one is a more arts oriented school and this one is more STEM and this one caters to this type of learning ability. And it's, it is, completely exhausting. And what I'm really, really struggling with now as a parent is figuring out what of those set of factors is worth my attention, right? How much time should I be investing in trying to decipher my child's individual capabilities over just forcing them into the greater world and having them deal and having them figure it out? I am really really stuck here guys. I want to share with you some of the responses that I got on Instagram when I when I asked the question, how do you handle the intensity of kids activities these days? And here were some of the more interesting ones. Not they were all interesting, but you know what I mean. Here were some of the here were some of the responses I got. Um someone said it's way too much. They're almost forced to pick one sport by 8. I can say with an affirmative yes, that is the case. I have a son and two daughters. And while we have not dialed down on our individual, quote, sports or activity, you know, whatever focus yet, um, I do notice that more often these days, kids are really, really drilling down on one particular sport or activity. Um, I let them play all the sports. So many people say they need to choose their sport now by seven or nine. What?! seven or nine. We're asking these kids to be aware. How do I put this? We're asking these kids to make a decision about where they want to invest their time with no knowledge of what that actually means. If you say to a kid who loves baseball, hey, Johnny, um, what do you think about playing baseball like five days a week since you love it so much? He's going to be like, well, of course I love it. I... uh, I just don't think we should go by what our kids love alone. You know what else my kids would love? Nutella for breakfast every day. My children would also love to wake up, you know, at 9 a.m. instead of 6.30 or 7 to go to school. They would also love to not do their homework. I'm just not sure where the line between what our children love and what we know to be best for them should be the it's where is the where is the parental sort of discernment these days here's some other responses um let the kids be kids play um in the yard enjoy home um i don't I asked the question again, how do you handle the intensity of activities? And this person says, I don't. My kids haven't found their thing yet. So until they do, I ignore all that noise. I have a really hard time ignoring the noise, guys. I try to be so level-headed about keeping their, um, keeping my expectations on their activities limited. And I do in practice for the most part. We have two activities per child, which isn't horrible, but I've been really tempted to, to push them toward more when they express an interest in something and really hop on the wagon and say, Hey, you know, you really thought this was going to be a really fun class. Let's try it next week. I don't know how to slow it down. I, 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 anyway, that's that. Let me read some more. Um, we're casual about it. Try a lot of new things and we'll get more serious when they decide it's the one someone else said, my kids are not allowed to do competitive sports for that reason. Um, Okay, here's a really good response that I wanted to share with you, and this was one that I went and, and shared separately. It was a little too long for the question box, so stay with me, but I feel like this really encapsulated what a lot of people thought. When my daughter was growing up, we always made her play one sport or activity, soccer, swim, piano, et cetera, and we did this not because we were expecting her to get a college scholarship or to be the next greatest athlete. We did this to teach her how to be a part of a team and to understand commitment at such a young age. As far as anything related to scholarships, if she was going to get any, that would come from the classroom. We focused on academics, blah, 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 because you know, if something happens with sports, what would the backup be? Um, blah, blah, blah. So we honed in on one sport, and made the commitment, and now she's going off to college. She's going to graduate as an engineer. And you know what? Most of the kids she graduated with whose parents pushed for the next best athlete. They got their scholarships, went to college, and dropped the sport because they finally had the freedom to be young. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if your child is going to be some super athlete, they will be a super athlete. Working at home all the time is the exact same thing as working with private lessons. There is so much more than just athletics and crazy schedules that will make children successful. Let's not forget about those things. My goodness! If I were to pick, if the, I were to pick a blueprint for how to do things, I would try to stick as closely to this woman's advice as possible, and I shared that with her permission. Um, here's the thing um, that that worries me about the way that we're approaching parents, and I include, or I'm sorry, approaching approaching parenting, and I'm including myself in this umbrella of criticism. Here is that not only is it fueled by our uh, selfish, if I might use that word, desires to see our kid experience some sort of recognition or spotlight or earn some sort of scholarship, but it's also completely obscuring the fact that the world does not revolve around our children. And the more that we reinforce uh, their centeredness in the world by, for example, scheduling the family's entire world around getting to that activity or getting to that tournament or getting to that game. And I'm not talking like once a week. I'm talking like a repeated consistent schedule that keeps them busy year round are we i'm i'm genuinely wondering are we setting them up for failure in some respect and or burnout i know personally several college athletes people that i went to high school with and were incredible performers you know consistently at the you know ranked at the top for states and for any regional competitions really good athletes right and they did exactly what that woman said they went to college and they quit You know why? Because they'd been waking up at 5.30 a.m. to go swim or to go run on the track or to go to the weight room for 10 years already, at least by the time they went to college. And you know what happened? They got into the greater world, i.e. a college ecosystem, which, as we know, is its own world in and of itself. They saw that there are other ways to do things, and they realized, huh, you know what? I could still be a really happy and fulfilled and healthy and organized and disciplined person, even if I don't dedicate my entire life to a sport. To say nothing of the fact, let's just say that the kid continues. Let's just say that this kid goes through college four years, best case scenario, trains for the Olympics and appears, you know, whatever, competes at the Olympics. It's traditionally considered, you know, the highest. Stage or the most high performing stage for any sport. And then what? And then you have a kid who's literally peaked by maybe at the latest age, 26 and an entire lifetime to figure out what to fill the rest of their life in with when that sport is gone. This is such a case for wanting a normal kid. I, I say that. I say, here's what I say all the time I just want my kids to have like a basic normal life. And that sounds so, like, not what you should say as a parent these days. We should want to give birth to the next Elon Musk, and we should want to, you know, encourage the next Serena Williams. And I would love to see my child perform at a high level in something, but you know what a lot of those people s- seem to struggle with? And I, I can't speak, obviously, for those two particular people that I just brought up, but people at a really, really high levels of performance tend to have imbalance in things that have been proven to make us really happy in life. Family connections, relationships, um, you know, hobbies and interests outside of their passion. And it is, I am probably the only parent in the world who said, please God, let my child be mediocre. Not ju- you know, it's coming across the wrong way, but you know what I mean? I just want them to be happy. If if giving them the ability to try 10 things and love one. And only love one of those activities maybe like a 7 out of 10 on a scale. I would have done a better job in my mind in my version of parenting than exposing them to two, forcing them to love one and making them go 100% on activity one for the rest of their lives and seeing that potential burnout. You know what I mean? And and I'm just, you know, I'm just a mom sitting here asking Is there something wrong with me for wanting my kids to just have a normal, good, healthy, happy, safe life? Like just boring, you know, just go to college. It feels sacrilege to say that these days. It feels like I should, as a parent, want my kids to succeed to the utmost in everything they do or even one thing they do and push that activity in a way that makes them feel special and seen and like they're the only one. I, I just, I'm not there. I'm not at that point yet. And, or or if ever, and it feels really strange to be raising kids these days for that reason. Um, I never want to be accused of the person accused of being the person who just wants to keep things the old fashioned way, just for tradition's sake, or just for familiarity's sake, because I recognize there's a lot of value in raising kids in today's world versus even how we were raised just a several generations back. But, what I'm seeing now is just such a lack of downtime and a lack of, what's the word I'm looking for, um, potential for self-discovery in our kids. They're not given that time to come home after school without a screen and without an activity or without a play date and just be and just sit there stare at a wall, go outside, sit on the swing, and just look and just think to yourself, absolutely nothing except what is happening in that moment. And to have that moment, that opportunity for self-reflection and have that opportunity to turn their brains off and to stop striving and to stop constantly being, um, Having their their progress be monitored and tracked, and just be a kid. When else in life will they be able to just come home, sit, and be? It's not when you're an adult. I could tell you that much. Unless you're carving out some meditation time in your day, and let's be honest, as adults we have to be forced into that type of sort of self-reflective and 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 um, you know, uh, nourishing behavior because we don't do that naturally. Especially as moms, we're constantly in caregiving mode or scheduling mode or organization mode or planning mode so if we don't do that naturally as adults you know why would i take that away from this few opportunities that my kid's gonna have growing up to do it you know it's just a real it's a real conundrum and i think the answer going forward is going to look different for everyone and gosh i really hope this isn't coming across as me feeling as me acting judgmental and if if it is just you know this know this is coming from a place of just an internal struggle that I have as I go through raising my three kids they're ten eight and five now and I, I, we're kind of getting into the thick of activities and we're getting into the part of um, <clears throat> you know practice and training for these said sports and activities where people are seeking out private help and private tutoring or private lessons in certain things and I've done that and this is not shade on parents who do that but. Every time I do it, I ask myself, oh my God, like, what is this for? Like, if if they're going to do something, yes, I want them to do it well. But do I also want to teach them the lesson that <sighs> this is the thing that they need to be focusing, like, this is their reason for, you know, being, this is their 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 focus and should be, you know, at this young of an age. I don't know, guys, I'm really, really struggling here. My eight-year-old came up to me the other day and told me, actually just yesterday, and she said, listen, mom, I just want you to know I don't want to do any camps this summer. Not one. I just don't want to. And the hyper-parenting part of me was like, oh my God, she's going to miss out. All of her friends are doing things and they're scheduled for weeks on end at all these fun activities and all these different camps and some are going away. And and I thought, oh God, she's going to be missing out. And then the other part of me stepped in and said, you know what? respect her boundaries, respect her, her knowledge of her own boundaries at such a young age and encourage that. Forget encouraging basket weaving or art or whatever it is you're going to encourage that in her, the ability to recognize what her desires are, what her boundaries are and stick with it. Lord knows as a 41 year old woman, I still struggle with setting boundaries and figuring out what it is, that perfect mix of, 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 social involvement or, or activities or things that I do versus downtime at home. If I struggle with it and I'm 41 years old, I should be encouraging her. Like, hey, that's great. Lean into that. If that's what you're feeling, then yeah, let's, I'm okay with that. But it is so hard, guys. You know, I no one ever said <laughs> that parenting was easy. And I think as our kids go from that ultra needy young baby toddler stage and they get older, we're we anticipate that things are going to get easier. And, a lo- and in a lot of ways, they do. It's easier to communicate with an older child and to figure out, you know, what they're feeling on things and like, you know, get a read on the room. You're not dealing with tantrums or crying or, you know, all those things that are sort of typical for the younger age. But what they don't tell you is that as they form into their own individual humans and express to you their their feelings and their desires and their thoughts on things you still don't know if the direction you push them in is the right direction like at the end of the day, I'm gonna have to teach my daughters and my son that healthy sort of that healthy sort of line in the sand between yes, work hard at something if you're gonna do it, you do it hundred percent you work your ass off. I mean I l- ha- grew up that way without any encouragement from my parents, probably a little encouragement from my oCD which was. <laughs> Recently diagnosed, but that's a different story. Um, I was an incredibly intense, incredibly driven child, but not because someone came in and said, Sonny, you need to care more about school or you need to care more about running or any activity that you're involved in. It was because I was really driven to do that because of the individual that I am. And I recognize that that's not the case for every child. And I'm not saying it's better and I'm not saying it's worse because it's certainly that level of intensity has its downside. But I got there not because my parents wanted me to be some version of me that they envisioned. It was because they gave me the freedom to understand that I could try things, but I could also pull back when it wasn't for me. Like I didn't last long in right field and t-ball. You know what I mean? Or softball. I played long enough to kind of entertain my teammates from the sidelines, (laughs) provide a little, you know, comedic relief between plays, but I was not like you know cranking out triples i was like i was like the emotional support dog of the team and you know why i was able to figure that out because i didn't have a parent next to me who was like you suck we're going to do private training with your softball coach after practice today cuz you can't even make contact with the ball it was it was just because it was they let me be they let me be who i was but on the other hand i recognize that some of the greatest athletes in the world and the greatest highest performers in the world were really encouraged by their parents to work harder. So much so that the the the, the tiger mom sort of trope comes to mind that like stereotypical mom who pushes her child and, and is difficult on them and have, holds them to an incredibly high standards but also has the children that are end up being really smart and successful and um, incredibly efficient in their lives. And I'm like, my God, oh, where's the boundary? Do I have to be tiger mom or do I have to be, you know, a lazy mom? Like I, I, I'm like veering more toward the lazy mom side of things. And I'm thinking as I look around me and see how other parents are doing it, I'm like, Sonny, you're screwing it all up. You should be trying harder. Um, Anyway, yeah, guys, I, I, I would love to sit down with, I'm really working hard to figure out like who the expert is that comes in and has this conversation with us. And I know of a great um, psychotherapist who I could bring in and I might still do that. And we could talk about the boundaries of activities for, not boundaries, or you know, the what sort of rules you can set up for your family to make sure that you're giving them the appropriate level of um, stimulation and discovering new things, but also respecting the family's the greater family's needs and and the need for the family to function as a unit, right? Not raising kids who think, well, you know, chop, chop, I have baseball at 630, mom. I don't care what everyone else has to, you know, I where's the line there? So I could bring someone in like that. There's a lot of great authors who explored this topic and, um... I would love to bring someone in and just have a conversation from a more informational perspective. But I had to share that because this is where I am right now. And every day I get in the car and we get to do, you know, we get to heading toward whatever activity it is that we have planned for that day. And we have two free days in our schedule right now, which I realize is more than a lot of kids. I know a lot of parents who like to keep them busy five days a week. Right now we're at three days a week, which seems to be a great fit for us But I want to be done questioning if I'm doing the right thing. And I want to be able to ignore the outside signs and signals that are telling me I'm not doing enough or I'm doing too much and figure out where it is that we need to settle as a family. Because at the end of the day, the children I want to raise, while I want them to be successful and strong and impactful in the world, I just genuinely don't think that I'm going to get there or that they're going to get there because of me. How foolish and selfish and sort of self-centered and narcissistic is it for me to think that it's going to be me who makes a person be that, makes a child be that way? No, that child will be, turn into that adult who is amazing and impactful and productive and successful. Not because I'm a great parent. I mean, you know, I'm going to try. It's not going to be because of me though. How selfish would it be of me to think that I can craft this I can get in there like it's a computer program and plug this in here and switch this up and flip these numbers and flip this schedule and make this human. that's going to be this, you know, turbo version of what he or she could be. I, I think that's incredibly narcissistic. I think our kids will get there because we support them in who they are and we encourage them when necessary. But what we also do is pull them back when necessary. Let them know that they need boundaries. Let them know that their energy is not always best spent outward. Forcing yourself out there, forcing yourself to exert yourself or, or to be present in situations that make you uncomfortable. Whatever happened to just asking our kids how they feel and respecting the boundary and recognizing that they get to craft part of their narrative too. It's it's similar in in thought and theory to the conversation that I've had on this podcast many times with different people which is letting our kids tell their own story. We also need to let our kids grow into who they are and find that boundary or find that line. I keep saying boundary but find that fine line where we can encourage what it is that lights them on fire, but also pull them back from overdoing it and pull them back from making them think that without that activity, they're worthless. Without that success, they're worthless. or Without that ability to do a thousand things at a time, they're worthless. These are things that we as adults are only now working to deconstruct, this sort of false narrative that productivity equals success and productivity equals happiness and busyness is good. What I fear we're going to do in raising kids that are over-scheduled and raising kids that are overly forced in one direction is to think that their productivity will only being hyper-productive or only being hyper-successful will make them good people. We can't sit there and tell our kids, it doesn't matter how many pe- people follow you on social media. That's not your measure of self-worth. Or it doesn't matter how good you are at you know softball. That's not a measure of self-worth. And then our actions show them the complete opposite by pushing them out and saying, you know this is something you signed you signed up for you're gonna get out there and you know I believe in seeing through a commitment but you know what I mean like forcing them to a degree that they're not comfortable with like where is that line and what do we do as parents to make sure that we are raising our goal isn't to raise a hyper successful child to have I'm sorry a hyper successful child or this child that you can be proud to shine a spotlight on and believe me I am proud of my children and I will Always be, regardless of what they do or don't do. That's not, that shouldn't be the goal though. Hey, look at my kid. Hey, look how great they are. Hey, look at the medals. Hey, look at what a great quarterback he is. The goal should be raising children who can turn into self-made and self-actualized and self-discovered adults. People that have just figured out what it is that works for them and who people who figure out that it's not those external validations. It's not those external rewards that make us who we are. Because you know what happens when you create a child or you force a child to seek um, achievement and approval and, and awards for a young age? turns into an adult who only equates objective data or numbers or money with success, and that's not what we want either, right? We want our kids to be successful and great and do well and be able to take care of themselves. But there are plenty of, you know, poor rich girl and poor rich man stories out there to show that it's not those external measures of success that ultimately make us happy individuals. And that's what we want. We want happy individuals when they're adults, when they're fully grown, when they're fully realized. Anyhow, you know, here we are hopping off soapbox now, but listen, if you hear this, if you have a thought, hold while I cough, hold on, <coughs> please reach out on Instagram at SunnyAbada, Shoot me an email shoot me a message and let me know if this is something that we should like continue to talk about. Cause I would love to figure out these, these boundaries together and like work through this as like a collective team. Cause you know what? The more we share and the more we sort of help each other figure out like what's right and wrong. I feel like, the better off we'll be, the better off our kids will be. Yay. Rainbows and butterflies. Okay. I gotta go. That was a really cheesy ending, but I have to run. It's been fun. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Um, Rate, review, subscribe. That actually makes a huge difference. And that's it. We'll see you next time with more good stuff here on We Gotta Talk. Bye, guys.